Welcome to lecture five. One of the key assets we are giving our clients this semester is a follower persona. A persona is a fictional representation of the real people who engage with your client's social media platform. This is more commonly referred to as a buyer persona in marketing circles. I've just adjusted the title to clarify these are personas specifically for social media platforms. The main reason we create personas is that without them, we might be inclined to create content we would engage with or that we'd like rather than the content the followers would engage with or that the followers would like. So instead of creating things that resonate with us, we'll be more apt to create things that resonate with our audience if we have a follower persona framework to guide us. Essentially what we're doing is a very basic version of what some of these larger companies will do for brands and, as we learned in class, for politicians. And the data that we're using isn't nearly as in-depth, so a lot of times we're having to depend on our own insights and our clients' insights about the personas we are trying to craft. When you understand your audience, you have the ability to write more impactful content that your followers find engaging and useful, which is why this exercise is so helpful to you this semester and to your clients going forward. So how many personas do we create? For the scope of the work we are doing in this course, you'll only be required to create one persona for one platform. However, the reality is that the platform you are working with probably has multiple personas you could be targeting. Here's what I mean about multiple personas. When I started doing work on personas for clients, sometimes I'd ask, who's your ideal customer or donor, etc.?" And their answer might be something like, well, our donors can range between 22 years old and 75 years old, or our customer's income is anywhere between 30,000 and 300,000, or worse yet, we're just trying to reach everyone. The reality is the way you communicate with a 22-year-old is different than the way you communicate with a 75-year-old. And the way you sell a product or service to someone with an annual income of 30000 is different than the way you would sell a product to someone with an annual income of 300000 So if you're trying to reach everyone, you're going to reach no one. To account for these differences, we would create multiple personas. I tell you this because I don't want you to fall into the trap of trying to create a persona that captures every type of person who engages with your client's brand on a platform. Instead, really focus on the persona that makes sense for the work you are doing for them this semester. You might say an objective is to reach a younger demographic with your message by having a strong presence on Instagram and creating content that people between the ages of 21 and 27 might find interesting. Then you can design a persona around the ideal follower using data and storytelling to bring the persona to life. You might also consider the most engaged audience and make a persona for that type of person. Sure, you might have both men and women of all ages engaging with your brand on Facebook, but maybe the group you want to focus on is most heavily is women between the ages of 39 and 54 because they tend to be the most likely to buy or donate. So you might try to focus on them instead. The division between personas should happen every time you change your approach in order to be effective in your communication strategy. So that could be income, gender, age, title, industry, lifestyle, even the number of children, whether they're not married, and behavioral habits could all be indicators you need an additional persona in your social media strategy. However, you don't need a persona for each of these, only when it makes sense. 
This is just basic market segmentation. So there are five sections in a follower persona. We'll look at each of these individually, but the five sections are demographics and identifiers, action drivers, their decision process, objections, and the big picture message. So the first section is demographics and identifiers. Demographics are a good place to start when you're trying to understand who it is who follows your organization on a specific platform. The questions you need to answer for this section of this persona is, what's your persona's age range? Try to keep it between eight and 15 years. Are you targeting a specific gender? On average, where is your ideal persona geographically located? What is their educational level? Are they married or unmarried? Do they have kids or not? And if so, how many kids? What's their income range? Like age, try to keep this range reasonable, probably between 20,000 and 30,000. For example, their income ranges from 50,000 to 80,000 or maybe from 30,000 to 45,000. For larger incomes, a bigger range might be appropriate, such as between 150,000 and 220,000. When income levels are less than 75,000, I find that $10,000 increases usually comes with a big enough lifestyle change that it's worth noting. As income level increases above 75,000, the ranges can be bigger because it takes more money to see a noticeable lifestyle change. So identifiers may toe the line between demographics and behavioral attributes. I outline these because in some ways they become a quick overview of all the other content you might consider in a follower persona. Identifiers might be that your ideal follower is a busy young professional who carefully curates their time and therefore prefers actionable content. Another identifier is that your ideal follower likes to be seen by others as a helper. To name these identifiers, you need to answer three questions. Does your ideal follower have a unique and identifiable routine? And if so, what is it? And where does that platform fit in in the routine? Does your ideal follower say something or use a particular phrase often? And if so, what is that phrase and how can you use it in your social media content? And then does your follower believe something specific about themselves? If so, what is it that they believe? Example could be a persona that identifies as someone who's exceptionally productive. There are many more components to a follower persona that go beyond just basic demographics, but this is where a lot of people will stop in the development of their target audience. In the class, we're going to push even further and find more valuable insights that will help us make engaging content and guide our clients forward after we're done working with them on these projects. So the next section, section two, is action drivers. What are the persona's goals? So every individual who follows your platform has goals that they're trying to achieve. They might want to read a book every month or eat healthier. In this section, we consider the goals that can help that we can help them achieve. So for example, if we are a restaurant and we know that our followers are trying to be healthy, maybe we craft a marketing campaign around the new healthy dishes the chef just launched on the new menu. Another example might be that you're working for a cleaning company. Maybe your ideal follower wants to have more time with their family. That's an important goal to understand, especially if you're able to explain how much time the average family spends on cleaning their home and how little it would cost for them to delegate it to an outside company, giving the family the one thing they can't buy, time. The point is, is that the goals you list here might be goals that your ideal followers have that are relevant to your brand. Can you help them achieve the goal? And if you can, list it and act on it. So the next section in section or the next 
thing to consider in section two is what challenges does the persona face? There are many challenges a persona faces on the average day. And those challenges can vary widely from from enough time to pick up groceries on the way home from work to learning how to use Microsoft Teams for a project. The point is there are a million challenges we, we could think of, but in this section, we are thinking of the challenges that your follower has that your platform can do something about. For Mental Health Association Oklahoma, a challenge that our followers might have is knowing how to navigate the complicated mental health systems to find help for themselves or someone they love. Another challenge might be knowing what is and isn't accurate information or appropriate information to share about mental health. Next in this section, we ask the question, what are the triggers that move them into action? So after we have a good understanding of the goals of your persona and what challenges they might be facing, the next thing to consider in the action driver section is what is a trigger that moves the persona from thinking about the thing to doing the thing? For example, you might work for a cleaning company and your objective with having a social media platform is to sell more of your deep cleaning services. So someone might be triggered to looking for a cleaning company because they are moving or because they have family or friends coming to stay for an extended period of time. You might even share your expertise with disinfecting spaces to protect family from germs that would otherwise hang out on surfaces in the home. So to complete the trigger scenario, you'll have to think of what action you hope your persona will take and then answer the question, why would they do the thing now and not later? So section three is the decision process. Whether you are a nonprofit or you are selling a product or service, the people who engage with you go through a decision-making process. This is typically structured as awareness, consideration, decision, and often referred to as the buyer's journey. This theory is that people have steps they take before choosing to follow you to buy your product or to make a donation. The first step is always awareness. Obviously, people have to know that your page, product, service, nonprofit, company, etc. exist before they can choose to follow you and to engage with you, your brand, or your organization. In this part of the persona development, you are going to imagine what questions someone might have before they find your social media platform. This will help us build content and ads for people who are just meeting you for the first time. So let's go back to the cleaning company example. Some of the very first questions someone might have might not even involve a cleaning company, and they may or may not publicly express these questions, but there are questions on their mind. The questions might be, how do I spend more time with my family? Or how can I clean my home in 30 minutes or less? Or what's the best weekly cleaning routine? At this point, depending on the persona, we know their main focus is how do I spend more time on what matters and less time on what doesn't. In this case, it could be something like, how do I make sure my kids are doing well in school by helping them with homework and keeping the house clean? Your persona doesn't know they might want a cleaning company, but if you can answer their awareness questions, then suddenly they may move into consideration where they'll think, wow, I've never thought of using a cleaning company. They wouldn't immediately know about your cleaning company necessarily, so we would have to travel with them to the next stage of the buyer's journey. So the second step is consideration. Now, in this hypothetical situation where you're working for a cleaning company, you might have to brainstorm what people ask in the consideration phase. Something like, what should I look for in a reputable cleaning company? Or what's the best cleaning company in my town? The content you create for this stage is to help them compare and contrast what they have to what you have to offer. 
You might create content explaining the importance of having a licensed cleaning company doing the work for them. You might also talk about your focus on environmentally friendly cleaning products or how you hire a team that will go into their home. Just make sure that they know what sets you apart from everyone else. In this last step, you might have a form on the social media platform that allows them to sign up for a consultation for your cleaning company. At this point, they're very interested in you and maybe one or two other cleaning companies. This is where it might be important to have many quality reviews on the social platform from customers already praising your work. To finish this section, you will think of all the logistical questions your persona might have. For example, do you offer once a month cleaning or is it weekly? What is the price difference between the two? How much do you charge and what happens if one of your workers damages my home in some way? So those are the three steps of the buyer's journey, awareness, consideration, decision. What you'll notice is that these words are what you'll find on the social media platforms in the advertising section, including on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and LinkedIn, which we will discuss further in another lecture. But it does help to have familiarity with these terms now. And you can create a regular post with an objective in mind, just the same way you can create an advertisement with an objective in mind. The final question to answer for this section of a follower persona is, what's at stake if they don't follow you? You need a good answer to this question because otherwise, why are you doing all this work? So for our cleaning company example, we could say that if they don't follow us, they might miss special promotions and cleaning tips that would make their life easier or our services might be cheaper than others. If this is what they might miss out on, it's a good indicator of what you are promising them and what type of content you should be providing. The next section is objections. We are going to answer two questions in this section. The first is why doesn't the persona follow my company page? Answers can vary from they don't know it exists to the current content isn't engaging or it isn't in a format they prefer. The second question is, what misconceptions might my follower have about the brand or the page? Misconceptions might be that the follower assumes that cleaning companies are too expensive for a middle-class family. And knowing misconceptions makes it easier for you to create content that might combat these misconceptions. Finally, section five, the big picture message. The last section is simple after you complete all the work for the buyer persona. You need to answer the question, what is your message? What do you want your persona to know about your company, your nonprofit, your product, or your service? For Mental Health Association Oklahoma, we could say our overall message for our Instagram followers is mental health is important for everyone. And our page has the most up-to-date information about where people can find resources for themselves or what they should do to recommend resources to others. It's also a place to celebrate progress toward the association mission. So finally, is a buyer persona science or art. So where do we find all this information in the buyer persona? Obviously in class, we know that there that can access hundreds or thousands of data points um, on, on millions of people and, and therefore they get their information largely from a scientific lens. But we don't have that access in class and a lot of small businesses don't have access to that kind of information. So the answer is actually somewhat complicated. Like I said at the beginning, it's part science. We're going to use data found in the platform, like the analytics, which should be our primary data. And we might use white papers or studies or other organizations' information that they have published, which would be our secondary data. We'll likely interview the client, 
which is primary data, and we might spend a few hours observing customers in a store and or look at a sample of follower profiles, which is primary data. Then we might take the data and match it with overall insights to create a narrative. This is the step that brings the follower persona to life. It is impossible to get a definite answer to every question, which is why this is also art. We are going to have to make some assumptions and best guesses to make our persona. But the goal is, is that over time you can test those assumptions and either confirm them or adjust your persona accordingly. So as far as bringing it together in a narrative, here's a story I wrote for architects in Oklahoma City. So first, um, before I get started, you, you might want to name your persona so they're easy to refer to later in conversation. So for, for this example, I'm going to tell you uh, it's going to be about developer Dave. Also, it's important to note that this is a general buyer persona for a marketing strategy. And your personas will look a bit different since they are specifically personas who follow your client's social media page. So Dave is a 46-year-old developer in Oklahoma City. He lives with his wife and two teenage daughters in a quiet neighborhood with homes valuing between 250 to 350,000. His home is one of the more modest houses on his street, but that's because he's decided to invest his dollars elsewhere. Rick is a local attorney specializing in real estate, trust, and wills. His wife is a branch manager at a nearby bank. Now that his daughters are busy with their friends' extracurricular activities and classwork, he and his wife have found themselves both with extra time and money. Rick wishes the community looked a little brighter on the streets that are now showing their age. He remembers a time when theaters and fun activities were just around the block, but those old buildings sit vacant with boarded up windows and fading paint. He hates it. Rick also serves on a few boards in his community, and in conversations with his colleagues, he gets a grand idea. What if he bought one of those old buildings and brought it to its youthful vigor? Maybe it'd be a theater, pub, restaurant, or lofts. He wasn't sure yet, but he knew he could do it. It would also give him an extra place to invest his money and earn a return. He starts researching the cost of revitalization projects and quickly learns it would be a pretty involved project. But he's motivated by the meaning of his work, and he decides to reach out to investors and find a few big lawyers in the community who also want to see the area get a bit of a facelift. He does the footwork of finding grants, talking to the city council on zoning laws and regulations, and finally, he's ready to start the work. He realizes he has zero experience with building design and knows he'll need to find contractors, architects, and engineers. He starts having conversations with local firms and schedules a meeting with prime architects. The firm was smaller than he'd imagined, but he was assured they'd work just as hard as, quote-unquote, the big guys. He was blown away by the passion the architects have for the revitalization project, just like him. The chemistry was undeniable, so after they set the budget, he was ready to get to work. So after hearing this buyer persona story, my hope is that you and your client can have a mutual understanding of who you're targeting, the journey they go on to becoming a follower, and what triggers them to engage with a social media page. This week, we are going to be working on our follower persona worksheet. It'll help you if your client has granted you permission to access their social media account data. Also consider setting up some time to conduct the informational interview with your client. You'll need about 30 minutes to ask them a handful of questions that might help clarify objectives and your target audience. 